Welcome to It's All Her, the podcast for women who want to live simpler, better lives. I'm your host, Geordie Lucas. I'm the founder and editor of It's All Her. I'm a mum to a toddler and I was an actor in a previous life. Each week, I'm joined by a guest to talk about their life, their work, and of course, how they make life simpler and better. For the latest, head to itsallher.com or follow us on socials. Let's get to this week's episode. Welcome back. How are you? How's your week been? It's been a good one here. I am so excited because today our two live shows at PayPal Melbourne Fashion Festival have been announced. So we have two live shows, one on the 3rd and one on the 4th of March at the Emporium in Melbourne. I will leave a link in the show notes for you to check out our incredible guest lineup. And if you can, come and say hi. I would love to see you there. I would love to connect with some of you in real life. Later on this episode, I am chatting with Tammy Soglinich, who is one of the stars of Lux Listings Sydney. But today's first order of business has to do with some beef that I have with Courtney Kardashian. Now, I am upset about this because she was one of my favorite Kardashian sisters because she seemed the most genuine, the least fame-hungry. She seemed like she had a moral compass. But last week, she released vaginal health gummies. Now, what are vaginal health gummies, you may ask? They're gummies that claim to support your vagina's smell and improve the taste by making it sweeter. Am I the only one who is sick of being told how I should present in this world as a woman? If conforming to size and beauty standards isn't enough, we're now being told that we have to conform to vagina standards? And this isn't a new concept either. There are a whole range of products that have been doing this for years. And where are the big companies telling all the guys to clean their penises? Surprise, surprise, there are none. Now, this hits a nerve with me because... It's personal. I fell victim to Femfresh in my early 20s. I was young, insecure, and thought that because my vagina didn't smell like a bunch of roses, that there was something wrong with me. And let me assure you, if I thought that it smelled before using Femfresh, my God, was I in for the shock of my life when it destroyed whatever pH balance I had going on. It took months of not using this product and a few courses of antibiotics to get my bits back to normal. I took four rounds of antibiotics before we finally realized what was causing this issue. We actually thought that me and my boyfriend at the time were passing bacterial vaginosis back and forth from one another. No, no, no. It was the Femfresh. Now, of course, this is just my experience. And I'm not saying that everybody that uses Femfresh or a vaginal health product is going to get an infection. But I want you to be informed before you purchase products like this. Now, I found a study from Canada that actually found that 95% of women in the survey who used at least one feminine hygiene product around or in the vaginal area increased their risk of displaying symptoms of a vaginal infection threefold. The same study also revealed that women who used gel sanitizers were eight times more likely to have a yeast infection. Women who used washes and gels were 3.5 
times more likely to have a bacterial infection. And finally, women who used washes and gels were 2.5 times more likely to have a urinary tract infection. If you still need some more convincing, I have enlisted my good friend, Melbourne-based OBGYN, Dr. Joe, to give his expert medical opinion. The art of any great marketing strategy, of course, is to create a problem and then seek to solve it. And in this case, Kourtney Kardashian has just done that. She's created a problem, sensationalised it, and then sought to produce a product that potentially can eradicate that problem. But in actual fact, vaginal discharge and, in fact, the taste and or smell that every woman has is unique to herself and doesn't need necessarily to be treated. And indeed, if there are any concerns that you have, you should be seeking medical advice in order to rule out whether there's any infective cause that could be the root cause of the problem. But the most important thing to remember is that there is normal vaginal discharge. Women have been having this since women were Eve, if for want of a better word. And it is commonly can be a yellowish discharge, slightly malodorous, and often may cause some mild irritation. And generally speaking, it, we know that estrogen, the amount of estrogen in a woman's body, causes um, the cells within the vagina produce something called glycogen, which then subsequently allows for lactobacilli to, to use that glycogen. And that lactobacilli then produces a wonderful acidic environment within the vagina that subsequently keeps back bacteria at bay. So of course there is going to be an acidic type taste to the vaginal discharge. Now of course any suggestion that you should be changing the taste of your vaginal discharge to suit someone else is really quite preposterous and of course leads into this whole sense of trying to create a problem and then seeking to solve that problem. And I suppose it's an extension of what we currently see in social media where you know, we're trying to normalise what is, you know, a sensational image of what a woman should be. And so, you know, models will uh, Photoshop their faces and models will Photoshop their bodies. And in this sense, what we're trying to suggest to women is that they should be sanitising or, you know, making their vaginas taste and smell beautiful for someone else. And, and in actual fact, we should be embracing the body as it is in its natural form because, of course, the vagina is a self-cleaning mechanism. The lactobacilli will self-clean and it will keep bad bacteria at bay. And as I said previously, if there is any concerns that you have, any abnormal discharge, change in coloration, irrit irritation that is more than normal, then seeking the advice of a gynecologist and have or general practitioner in order to take uh, vaginal swabs and accurately diagnose what the problem is, is far superior than taking a supplement that's being pencil pushed by a influencer who has no real expertise in this field. Now, no disrespect if you use these sorts of products. It is your body, your choice, you do you. But please just have a think about who you're doing it for and why. And if for some reason you are doing this for a partner who has complained about the taste or smell of your vagina, first of all, dump them. But seriously, if you do have genuine concerns, go and see a doctor. Someone who is a vagina expert, don't chew a lolly from bloody Kourtney Kardashian. I'm just so sick of this family making millions of dollars by exploiting the insecurities of women. Now, the Kardashians are undoubtedly the most influential family in the world. A lot of people will say that 
this sort of influence comes with responsibility. And I don't know if I necessarily agree with that. These women don't owe us anything. I don't think celebrities or influencers owe us anything. I do, however, think they should have a conscience and a moral compass. Now, trying to convince women that a natural smell and taste is wrong and then peddling a product to try and profit off that insecurity that you're trying to create is disgraceful. And the Kardashians actually have a really long history when it comes to peddling products that are misleading and potentially harmful to women's health. Kim Kardashian's line Skims sells a waist trainer that claims to shape your waist, giving you an hourglass shape. Now, waist trainers can lead to long-term damage by cramming your internal organs, fracturing your ribs, and they can cause acid reflux. Now, how could someone possibly sell this in good conscience? In 2018, Kim also came under fire for promoting a lollipop that claimed it could suppress your appetite and aid in weight loss. And I think the biggest scam of all was that we're meant to believe that Kim Kardashian, a woman who has all the money in the world and access to clean food and the best trainers, would be resorting to a lollipop to maintain her figure. But hey, as long as the Kardashians are lining their pockets, who cares, right? All official health advice states that the vagina is a self-cleaning organism and it's actually supposed to smell and taste like a vagina. So let's make a deal not to buy these vaginal health gummies or any sort of Femme Fresh product, okay? Okay, now that's over, let's get to this week's guest. Tammy Soglanich is not only a successful real estate agent in Sydney's eastern suburbs, she's also the breakout star of Lux Listing Sydney, which happens to be Amazon's most successful Australian series ever, which is streamed in over 240 countries and territories. I caught up with Tammy to get all the behind-the-scenes goss of Lux Listing Sydney. Tammy also shares her advice for home buyers and whether she thinks now is a good time to buy with all the rate increases. Here's my chat with Tammy Soglanich. Tammy Soglanich, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast this week. You are currently appearing in season three of Lux Listings Sydney, which is streaming on Prime Video. How has the year started off for you? It's been a bit of a uh, it's been a bit of a weird year this year because you know last year kind of ended with such a bang and I feel like a lot of people have taken extended holidays which mm. I should have done but I haven't I've been back at work and so it's been a bit slower but it's been good it's starting to build up and I think this week's looking to be really busy so good amazing so we'll talk all about your your work that you're currently doing now in real estate in a moment, but I just want to take it back to your early life. You grew up in South Africa. What was that like and what was it like moving to Australia at such a young age? You know, it was it was awesome. I love South Africa. I think it's one of the most beautiful countries and I had an awesome childhood. Um, you know, my family, we were very close and we just grew up, you know, I was at the game reserves every month because my dad was working for them. So I was, you know, always in nature and always with animals and, you know, played a lot of sport and just, I had a really great childhood. Um, moving to Australia was so daunting for me because I moved, I think I was 12 years old when I moved. So I'd really like a really set circle of friends in South Africa. Um, and you know, just culturally, it was very different coming to Australia. I think you know, just the schooling system and everything over here is, is quite different to what I grew up with. How um, so? But it's, oh, I mean, for example, in South Africa, you go to school from seven to one and that's your school day. 
Um, and, you know, parents there, there's no, you don't really get public transport. So I've, ne- I've never caught a bus in my entire life. And, um, you know, just with the safety and everything, your parents just drive you to school, pick you up. Um, so it was it was crazy for me to get on a school bus and go to school and finish at 3.15 and get home at like four. Mm. Um, it was just, it took a, a long time to kind of get used to that sort of um, those hours. Um, and yeah, I think, you know, I, the classes, the structures are just different with the schooling system. So it was all, it was all different and all new for me. And tell me about getting scouted as a model. Yeah, well, I was about 17. Um, this hairdresser actually uh, sort of pulled me aside and suggested that, you know, she's got some photographer friends and get, you know, I should get involved in the industry. So I kind of took that step. And then, you know, one thing led to, you know, another. And I signed with an agency, which was Sheik and Scoop Management at the time. Mm-hmm. And yeah, then just had quite a few years doing that full time, which was interesting. It was a pretty crazy experience. Um, you know, got to do so many different things and meet so many different people and travel the world and work with some, you know, incredible brands, you know, some that I'm still friends with today. Mm. Um, so, yeah, it was an awesome experience. A lot of women that I speak to who have modelled or worked in the fashion industry have said that they felt a lot of pressure to conform to certain beauty standards, maintain a certain weight. What was your experience with that? Yeah, absolutely. I think when I started modeling, modeling, sorry, um, you know, Instagram and and those platforms were big, so it was very old school. Like you'd get your portfolio and you'd have your like physical big book with all your images in it, and you'd go to castings and you'd get chosen purely on, I guess, you know, your personality or what you look like. Whereas mm-hmm. nowadays everything's about how many followers you have. So the industry's changed a lot. And, you know, if you asked me, oh, if you had a daughter, would you want them to be a model? I'd say no. I mean, I, I loved it while I did it, but it's definitely, you have to be super strong-minded. Um, it's definitely a place that's not for the faint-hearted just because of the, yeah, the pressures that you're put under. I mean, it, I think it's changing for the better now. I think there's a lot more positive body movement around and there's more, um, there's more, it's like it's talked about more, but I think back then, you know, it was all about being this like stick figure and being skinny. And and you do feel it a lot when, you know, you're going to castings and you're in bikinis, you want to look a certain way and, you know, you feel like you're going to get more jobs by being smaller. And so that definitely does mess with your mind quite a lot. Was that part of the reason why you sort of stepped away and moved into real estate? Yeah, I got to a kind of crossroads where I thought, okay, I'm I'm working a lot as a model. I've got steady jobs. I was doing a lot of different campaigns and e-com, which was just keeping me going. And it was, you know, it was really busy and it was a great schedule I had, but I kind of had the foresight to, you know, look at what was ahead of me and realize that this is going to be quite short-lived um, and there's not much longevity to what I'm doing. And I wanted to get into like a career that I could you know, really settle into. And I didn't want to leave it too late. I wanted to get in while I was still younger. Um, so I made I made a tough decision to kind of walk away from all the, the glitz and glamour and the fun to kind of go to, you know, take a step back in salary and, and do something that, you know, ultimately was going to be for the better. But you still loading them and heating them up with all your single shit you've been dropping. You feel me? Loading them up on. It, it only takes structure. And, and, you know, just paying attention to the climate of the game. Yeah. Know what I mean? So do 
Do your homies uh got a role in your in your little? You mean? Yeah, yeah. We all we all artists over here, man. I'm trying. Oh, yeah. I'm trying. Yeah. I'm trying. Oh, yeah. I'm trying to yeah. get them on there. Yeah. Damn, me, me. Yo, look, 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 look. No, look, look, look. We all artists, man. We go. You feel me? We gonna have this like. Bro, me and my man, like me and my man Kyle, we be like, I don't know, we play, we play with this <laughs> shit. Right now. With this I gotta lie, we play with this shit right now for for. Oh, I don't lie. play with it. Don't play with it. No. Take that shit serious. Mm. And so, how long were you in real estate for before you were cast on Lux listings? When were we cast? A while ago. Um, I was probably in real estate for about four or five years. Mm -hmm. And how does it work in terms, I mean, we've seen this huge rise in real estate, reality TV, things like Selling Sunset is huge. How does it work? Does the network come to you and say, you know, this, we're wanting to produce this. Are you interested? Was it something that your, the firm that you were working with got presented with? How did it all come about? Yeah. So, there was um, this guy called Ben who sort of was working and owned a production company, um, started following the eastern suburbs real estate market and he met a lot of the guys who you now know that are in the show um, and he found it really fascinating how everyone was so connected and, and the crazy sort of world that everyone was involved in. Um, he, he found it fascinating that there were such young people being responsible for such big amounts of money and big deals um, and yeah, he just found that the bands are fascinating, the relationships, how the buyers agents work against the selling agents. Um, and so he had the foresight of this great show and, and thought it could be something very interesting for the world to see. Um, so when he approached us, that was a sort of vision that he had. And we kind of filmed sort of like a little pilot, um, which was put out to a couple of networks and, you know, Amazon picked it up, which was great. And, you know, they obviously have a great reputation and, and they thought that it could be, you know, a cool show. And I guess as a viewer, I love these sorts of shows, but I often do wonder how much of it is real and how much of it is scripted. Can you give us an insight <laughs> into? Yeah, look, every every deal, every sale, every auction, that like all the prices and all the facts are legitimate. We don't ever want to be putting something on there that's just a load of rubbish because you'll lose credibility. And, and mm. you know, nowadays everyone can see online what things are selling for, and you know, so you, you can quickly look like an idiot if you're making things up. A lot of our clients that we work with are super confidential. And so for that reason, we don't put our clients on the show unless mm -hmm. they would want to be on it, for example. So, you know, we'll recreate certain things with other people, but it's along the same storylines and obviously, yeah, all the all the purchases and all the sales and all the prices, they're all spot on and legit. Does it interfere much with your day-to-day -day work? Like I imagine going into the office, you're already quite busy, having to sort of work around a, a camera crew and reenact things. Does it get in the way sometimes? No, so the show's great. They know that our job is our number one priority. We made that very clear before any contracts were signed. So, mm -hmm. you know, our clients come first and that's the way it has and always will be. So they just work around that. You know, I've been filming before where we've had to just leave set and go do an exchange because that takes priority, you yeah. know, um, and I, we would never let, you know, the show get in the way of the actual work we're doing because mm. ultimately that's the most important thing to us. Um, and, you know, they, they're great. They'll just schedule in hours where we have time here or there to just fit in some some filming. 
you know, sometimes it's on weekends, on Sundays, which seems to be our only day off, which kind of sucks. But, you know, you got to get it done. So, yeah, they're pretty good. I did watch uh, Selling Sunsets one time and he was obviously recreating a conversation on the phone, but the guy had his phone upside down and the screen was on so you could see that his phone was upside down so it kind of gives the game away a little bit (laughs) exactly I know rookies rookie error (laughs) so some of the properties that you sell on this show are just jaw-dropping it's incredible what is the most expensive house that you've ever sold um 60 million has been has been the yeah the price of the, the biggest price of what we've purchased so yeah a huge wow. amount of money, pretty special property and pretty amazing clients as well. Yeah. I've often wondered what do people do to have that kind of money? In my mind, they're sort of rich and then there's ridiculous money. Next level like, yeah. Wealth, yeah. What do people do to have that sort of cash? Most of them are have created businesses, really successful businesses. They've either still got the business or they've sold the business. Um, few hedge fund managers. Some, some of it's family wealth. I mean, it's all mm. different sort of things, but a lot of sort of tech guys or, or business owners. So buying a house for most of us is a really daunting task. What are some of your tips for sort of simplifying the process or even certain things that you should look out for or do before purchasing a property? What would be your advice? I would say get a good team around you, whether it's, you know, a great lawyer. You always want a lawyer who's on standby, who you trust, who can, you know, or your conveyancer who can easily and quickly review a contract. The market moves so quickly and, you know, a day could mean you do or don't get a deal. And so getting someone on standby who's able to review a contract at any hour of the day is kind of what you need when when things are happening so quickly. Um, you know, a good builder who can walk you through a property and show you certain defects in the property or how you can fix certain things and give you an idea of cost is always good, especially if you're looking at renovators delights. You know, buyers agents are always good. They can help you get the deal done. Um, but yeah, I would just say, yeah, get a, get a good, strong team around you who can act quickly and give you the right advice so that, you know, you go into it with a bit of confidence. Yeah. I mean, the current state of play at the moment, interest rates are rising, cost of living is going up. Does that mean it's a good or bad time to buy? I think it's a good time to buy. There's There's so much uncertainty in the market. And I think we've seen this you know, through different cycles in the past couple of years, whenever there's a bit of uncertainty, there's generally better buying opportunity. At the moment, you know, prices have come down. There's a lot of uh, negative media relating to this. And so a lot of people have sort of been, you know, holding off and buying. So I think it's a good time to do that when other people are sort of holding off to jump into the market. I mean, especially if you're going to hold a property for 10 years or, you know, longer, the -hmm. market's always going to sort of even itself out or, or, you know, get back to a better level. So, yeah, good just to jump in. If if, if you can afford it, the the time is, is now. So finally, a question I ask all of my guests is we're all about making life simpler and better for women. You're obviously a busy professional woman. How do you do that for yourself? Something I've gotten a lot better at is saying no to, you know, whether it be work-related, family-related, social-related, you know, just life is so busy. And, you know, everyone is just getting pushed and pulled in a million different directions. And I know for myself, like I work, six days a week I have very little downtime and so I want to make sure that when I do have that downtime it's spent doing something I really enjoy or something that recharges my battery 
you know, like if you've got time off, I don't want to be spending it, you know, just doing something draining where I'm going to feel terrible and exhausted afterwards. Um, mm. So, yeah, I've gotten a lot better at that. I used to say yes to everything and every social event, you know, my calendar was jam-packed on top of work and it drains you. And yeah. then you're not performing as well as you should be at work. So definitely just, yeah, saying no to things. That was one of the benefits of of COVID and lockdowns and things like that was it forced us to slow right down. Yeah, absolutely. And you could use COVID as an excuse for anything and everything. (laughs) True. That is true. Yeah. (laughs) Tammy, thank you so much for joining us on the show this week. Uh, Hopefully season four of Lux Listings coming soon. (laughs) Cool. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of It's All Her. If you have loved this episode, please rate, review and subscribe wherever you listen and stay tuned for next week's episode. Bye.